Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Today we get to meet one of our missionary friends serving the Lord in the Eurasia region, Chelsea Irwin. She's minister, our missionary coordinator for volunteer opportunities, and she's based out of the Czech Republic. Chelsea, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Thanks for having me. And this time we actually get to visit in person. You're here at the International Center for a reconnect and so we actually get to be in the same room mm-hmm. for our little chat instead of trying to connect online overseas yeah this is so cool and we're in the same time zone and we're in this well crazy sarah and i are in the same, <laughs> same time zone i think you might still be in, oh, yeah. in your time zone what what it's it's like well we're recording in the afternoon right now yeah. which is really like bedtime for yeah. you right so i'm a little sleepy <laughs> <laughs> experience a little jet lag so we'll have we'll have mercy we'll have compassion today we won't ask any really difficult questions okay. <laughs> so let's talk about how you've been given to serve in eurasia what are some of the things or what's the the chief focus of your work in eurasia region yeah so as a coordinator for volunteer opportunities my main duty is to host volunteers from the lcms that are coming to serve in eurasia for short-term opportunities and those opportunities can be uh, from one week to six months and most of our opportunities are about a week and a half long that we have right now how long have you been doing this work two years okay All right. So what are some of the projects, the things that you've been able to be involved in in the last couple of years? Yeah. So the main short-term opportunity in Eurasia is the English Bible camps that happen every summer in the Czech Republic and Poland. And this past year, just a few weeks ago, actually, we finished them up and there were 11 this year. So five in the Czech Republic and six in Poland. Yeah. So what happens when you host a volunteer group? What kind of work do you get to do? Because I'm sure that it's not yeah. just like a day of planning and you, and you like go. Like, yeah, it's, what, a, what's involved? it's a full year <laughs> of <Okay>. preparation. <laughs> I mean, we have to meet with the local church partners who are going to be having the volunteers serve in their church body. And so I meet with them periodically throughout the year. And then as well as meeting with the volunteers who are going to be serving and helping to send Ann Gonzalez and Aaron Alter information about advertising so that we can get the right volunteers and the people that are most interested in the opportunity. And then when the volunteers arrive, I usually will meet them at the airport or at their accommodation. And then I give a little orientation. So for the English Bible camps, for example, we have a three-day orientation. And so they come and they have some time to rest and get rid of their jet lag before (laughs) they serve. And then we teach them about what they're going to be doing. And they have a lot of pre-training online beforehand. But when they arrive, then they have some opportunity to meet with each other and have time with their teams to get all the preparations ready before they go to their host. Tell us more about what the teams do. I know we've shared these stories before, but Mm -hmm. a recap of what these teams get to do while they're serving for like a week and a half or a short-term team. Sure. So at the English Bible camps, they're given a curriculum before they arrive. So they have months to prepare and 
prepare their lessons and what they're going to be doing. And they're also given uh, the email of their local host, so Czech or Polish camp director. So they've already been having probably some Zoom meetings with them to prepare. And then when they go to their local church well, where they will be serving, they do a five-day English Bible camp. And then based on the curriculum that um, I actually am a part of writing with my colleagues, um, they have a day camp and so it's like from eight to three usually something like this and they have morning chapel and then english lessons bible lessons some lunch and then some activities in the afternoon with the kids so you're bringing people in to volunteer in different places who are some of the partners that you're working with in the czech republic and and in that that general area in eurasia region in order to do these bible camps yeah so in the czech republic specifically we're working with the silesian evangelical church of the augsburg confession and that's actually where i live so i serve with them for the english bible camps but also locally because i'm a member at one of their churches so there we have etsemisa which is kind of their office of international mission branch (laughs) of their church body and we work very closely with them. I meet with them once a week to talk about opportunities locally and and globally, what's going on in their church body. And the director of Etsimisa is in charge of all of their mission outreach. And so they're a big part of planning the English Bible camps in the Czech Republic. What do you find about... What do you find most challenging about the work and the very large region that you get to cover? (laughs) Yeah, for me, the most challenging thing is balancing kind of the administrative tasks with kind of some more action-packed things because the English Bible camps are only for a couple weeks out of the year and the rest of that time I'm preparing usually having Zoom meetings or filling out forms and spreadsheets and that kind of thing and I am a teacher by trade so I need some time with children in the classroom to kind of get my my energy out and this past spring I actually had the opportunity to teach preschool English in the Czech Republic and it was like amazing and I hope I can do it again this spring (laughs) that's so fun (laughs) that's awesome you got to teach preschool English in the Czech Republic (laughs) Yes. okay so if you were teaching English does that mean that you've also had to learn other languages in order to get through daily life (laughs) in the Czech Republic yeah so in the region of the Czech Republic where I live it's called Silesia and Silesians are actually a people and they have their own language and dialect and so where I live is on the Polish border so I speak Polish and Czech and I'm learning the dialect right now and it's a mixture of Polish Czech and German (laughs) whoa yeah good luck to you thank you (laughs) It's not easy. And the Silesian dialect is not a written language, so oh. I'm only learning by hearing. Wow. How does that how does that work? Well, I <laughs> I hear a lot of the dialect because the church that I worship at in the Czech Republic is in the Czech Republic, but it's a Polish church historically. And it's mostly Silesian. So all the church services are in Polish. They have a Czech service once a month. (laughs) And then all of the youth groups and Bible studies, everything like that is done in the dialect. Okay. That's a lot of language. It is. So, okay, I'm just going to get into the weeds for one more question (laughs) because I'm curious. You, You know Polish and... Check. How mm-hmm. similar are those languages? For me, they're quite similar. And especially in the Silesian region, a lot of the words transfer over. But there are a lot of false friends. And some of them <laughs> are, like, really funny. Like, in Czech, 
the word for fresh is the word for rotten in Polish. Oh. So when you Good. like when the Polish people come to the farmers market in the Czech Republic and they see written like rotten vegetables, but really it says fresh vegetables in Czech, <laughs> and they're like, "Wait, why would they sell rotten vegetables?" That's, That's awesome. Not Language awkward is at so all. cool. It's so fun. <laughs> so what is that like teaching preschoolers English? How do you how do you go about doing that? Because this is yeah. this is your background. Yeah, I studied early childhood education and ESL. So oh. so it's like my thing. Okay. Um, and I I was really nervous actually for the first day because I thought, oh my goodness, I hope my check is good enough to like <laughs> explain the activity at least so that I'm not just sitting there like staring at them and they're staring at me. What'd you say? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but once I got there and I got in front of the kids, like everything went away and I was just so happy. But it it is a challenge. And most of the preschool teachers in the Czech Republic do not speak English. Hmm. So they just sit in the corner and happily work on their laptop or whatever. Sometimes they come and take pictures, but it's all me when I'm in there. So a lot of it is just me kind of showing pictures and we play the same structured games every single week. And so by the a few weeks, the kids know like, okay, we have new pictures and new vocabulary words, but the game works the same. So hmm. they get the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're teaching English in preschool, English Bible camps. What is the, how popular is it to learn English in the region that you're serving? Because it seems to be the draw for the kinds of things that you're doing. I would say it's extremely popular and extremely useful, Mm. um, especially for the younger generations. They are starting to learn it sometimes in first grade. They're starting to learn English. And of course, sometimes in preschool because (laughs) that's where I was. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's still a really big deal in the Eurasia region to learn English. And that's why we're able to kind of use that as a bridge to sharing the gospel with others. So it's really special. Okay. So you've, you're learning three languages. (laughs) You can converse in at least two and a half of them. Uh, And you get to, you got to teach English in preschool this past spring as well coordinating English Bible camps and helping lead them as well or welcoming the teams that come in. Other things about life in the region where you live, how do you get around? What are some other things about daily life in Czech Republic? Oh man, this past spring, I went to driving school in the Czech Republic. Okay. (laughs) Would not recommend. (laughs) (laughs) So much trauma. No, (laughs) I, yes, I had never driven a manual vehicle until I went to driving school in the Czech Republic. And I did the course in English, so at least that. But learning the, like, EU laws of driving on top of learning a manual car, it was so stressful. And there's some, like, you can turn right on, you can't turn right on a red light, but you can in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So, like, just little things that I had to unlearn and oh my. Which but side of the road do they drive on in, in Czech Republic? On the correct side. Okay. The correct side. <laughs> I don't, you didn't have to relearn that then. No, no. <laughs> at least this. Yeah. Yeah. But there were so many little things. And even just a few days ago, I was driving with my friend in St. Louis and she turned right on a red light and I was like, oh, what are you doing? And then I thought, oh no. what? <laughs> Wrong country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's how I get around now. But before that, I was taking public transport and it's pretty easy. The Czech Republic has really good bus system and trains that go pretty much anywhere. So, 
So yeah. public transportation, now you're driving. Yes. And we've got just maybe 30 seconds before we need to take a quick break. <laughs> you mentioned going to the market and, uh, you know, if you're coming in from a different language, the words might be a little confusing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shopping, those types of things. What's that like on a daily, weekly basis? Yeah, I live like really close to the nearest grocery store. It's like a one minute walk from my house. So oh, usually nice. I just go there. It's pretty normal, but it's quite small. So I only have a few choices of each thing, but I'm pretty used to that now. Very cool. We have more to learn about life in the Czech Republic and serving in the Eurasia region with Chelsea Irwin. We'll continue the conversation on the Coffee Hour in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Our guest today, Chelsea Irwin. She's serving the Lord in the Eurasia region as missionary coordinator for volunteer opportunities. She's based out of the Czech Republic and speaks multiple languages. <laughs> Just one up on all, both of us. Yep. <laughs> uh, two languages and a dialect. So that's it's so cool. Plus English on top of that, too, and teaches oh, right. English to preschoolers. So <laughs> you mentioned earlier that you're a teacher by trade. And so you were excited about the opportunity to get to teach preschoolers English this year. How has your education and prior experience prepared you for what the Lord has given you to do now? Yeah, I think, well, I went to LCMS schools my whole life. So I I was really thankful after I graduated from Concordia, Nebraska, that I had such a foundation in the Lutheran doctrine and just being able to share my faith and articulate that to not only other Christians, but non-believers as well. So when I got to my first placement in the Czech Republic, I went to youth group for the first time and they had asked me to give a devotion and I showed up and they, the youth leader said, yeah, just so you know, like none of these kids are Christian. <laughs> like right before the devotion. And I thought, hmm, I will adapt this. <laughs> and and I just thought, wow, if I hadn't had this training from Concordia or LCMS High School, like I wouldn't have been able maybe to articulate that as well or to adapt it so quickly. My parents are also church workers, so that gave me a really good foundation in being able to change things really fast and be flexible. So, yeah. And you served as a geo-missionary before Correct. being a career missionary. Yes. Were you doing the same things as a geo? No. I was placed at a church in the Czech Republic about 30 minutes away from where I am now. So I'm still friends with many of the people from my geo term, but I was mostly doing DCE work. So I was doing a lot of youth ministry. I was teaching in the elementary school, um, like 7th and 8th grade English, which as an early childhood major, that was not my fave. <laughs> I'm good with the preschoolers. <laughs> yeah, so it was quite a big change when I when I got the coordinator position. 
Yeah. What do you find most rewarding about all of this work that you get to do now? I think for me, it's it's very personal, and I'm really passionate about the Silesian region where I live because when I was 13, I started helping at an English camp in Poland just 30 minutes from where I live now. And so for me, it's it's home, and I've considered it my home far before I lived there. And even the city where I live now, I, I visited that city for the first time when I was 14. And I remember looking out from kind of a viewpoint over the Czech and Polish border and thinking, wow, I wish I could stay here forever. And I went back to this same viewpoint this past spring and I was looking out and I was with a friend and I like started crying. <laughs> and she was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I was like, God is so faithful. <laughs> I was like, just give me a minute. <laughs> like, because I realized as I looked out, I thought, wow, that's my house. That's my church. And then thinking back to 14 year old me thinking, I wish I could stay here forever. And I thought, Wow, I didn't even want to be a missionary, but God has really worked in amazing and beautiful ways, and now I get to do this every single day. That's so cool. Well, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Great story. <laughs> wow, that's really awesome. Yeah. So, gosh, I don't even know where to go after that. Um, Speechless. <laughs> Speaking of traveling, you mentioned that you, you got to travel early, like you were 13, 14 yeah. when you traveled mm-hmm. as some of your first times visiting mm-hmm. where you're serving now. What do you enjoy about traveling and what have you enjoyed learning? It sounds like you get to travel with the work that you're doing now. What are yeah. some of the things you've enjoyed learning in your travels? Uh, I really took to learning the train system of Europe. Mm. I think it is so cool. I have all the apps from like every country and I will find like the best price and the best route. And if I don't have to fly somewhere, like I will figure it out. I, <laughs> I was, I was looking up, this is so random, but there's a Taco Bell in Romania. Oh, <laughs> and I was like okay. looking it up one night and I fell down this rabbit hole. Like, okay, it's going to take me like 22 hours to get there, but there's only <laughs> one transfer in whatever city in Hungary. Did you do it? No. Oh. <laughs> well, not hours. yet. <laughs> I was going to say, that would have been a good story. I mean, this is good, but that would have been epic. But I was like, wow, it's like just a day, and then you're at Taco Bell. <laughs> like, but yeah, I'm always like looking at the best train route and trying to get somewhere. And the city where my geoterm was is like the train hub of Silesia. And so you can get to... Berlin, Warsaw, Vienna, Budapest, Bucharest, like all by one train, basically. It is so cool. I'm (laughs) continually amazed by transportation in Europe. So if I ever go to Silesia, I know who I'm looking up in order to travel everywhere. You need a travel agent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just going to look up Chelsea. Hey, how long does it take to get to the Taco Bell? <laughs> and There's you're going to know. Spain, too. <laughs> I love this. So you're talking about having all of these different apps on your phone, and that reminds me that you are still a young adult serving as a career missionary. What is that like for you to be serving as a young adult in a foreign country, somewhere that you've been to before? What is all of that like for you? Sure. Yeah, I think there are some days that that it's quite challenging. And even especially like on Sunday afternoon when I'm Mm. leaving church and I just see everyone going home with their family to have lunch and I'm like, and I'm going to have my pizza rolls or whatever. (laughs) 
for the afternoon with my Netflix. <laughs> Everybody does Sabbath differently. <laughs> but but there are also some really beautiful things about it. I also really enjoy just learning and learning about different cultures. And I think if I had come over at first with a family, I wouldn't have been able to do some of the things or take some extra classes or join a club or something that, that I'm in now. And so I think that coming right out of college was uh, definitely God's plan for me to become even more passionate about the region where where I'm serving. And I'm constantly going to exhibits and museums and different things that have to do with Silesia. And I'm so passionate about it. And I'm so thankful that I have the time to do that. All right. You mentioned classes and clubs. Okay. We, we know that you took driving classes. This year. <laughs> what are some other things you're learning languages? What, what other classes and clubs yeah. are you involved in? So I, well, I'm actively looking for a folk dance club to join because oh. I like my thing is ethnography. I okay. love the study of different cultures and people groups. And I always go to the ethnography museum when I go to a new country and I love all of the traditional costumes and I'm pretty well versed in the Czech Republic in Poland. I could look at a dress and look at the pattern and tell you like what region of the Czech Republic it's from. And I like, I like really study it. (laughs) And so I, I would really like to join a folk dancing club. So I'm looking for something like that. But I also just lead a lot of different Bible studies with individuals from my church and call it more, more college age students. So that's been really fun too. Okay, how did you get interested in ethnography? I mean, that's a really cool thing to be interested in. It's also a big word. It is a big word, but (laughs) how did this become such a thing for you? Because you're just like lighting up right now. (laughs) I'm so excited about that. I, I don't know. Like, I just really love the Silesian kind of mountain culture. They have this like Highlander culture and that's where the dialect comes from. And so I love linguistics and then the the culture that it goes with just it just pairs together and then of course all of the traditional dresses and the customs that they do and some of them are like super pagan but it's really interesting <laughs> to see where where they're coming from and and what what things are still yeah. remaining today from hundreds and hundreds of years ago mm-hmm. um but yeah it first started with just my passion for Silesia but now Every new country I go to. I just recently went to the Polish National Ethnography Museum and there was like over a hundred dresses in one Ooh. room and they were all from different Slavic countries and I just was like, oh. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we know about the seasons that are like more festival type seasons in other parts of Europe and Asia. Like... Oktoberfest or Christkindlmarkt sure. in, in Germany. Mm-hmm. What are the big things in Czech Republic or in the Silesia region where you are? Yeah, so in the summertime, it is folk festival season. Okay. And I, now that I have a car, oh my, <laughs> I will be visiting all the folk festivals next year. I went to a few this year, but the thing is a lot of them are international folk festivals, and so it's not just like Czech and Polish and Silesian dresses and dances that you see. There's also like Vietnamese or Greek, Hungarian, even Croatian there was at one folk festival I visited. So it's really interesting, and they have different programs that you can watch the kids dancing or the adults doing their dances, and then they also have food stands with foods from 
from those different places. So those mm. are super interesting. Okay, we've talked about pizza rolls and Taco Bell, but what kind of like Czech slash Silesian food is is something that you really enjoy, or do you enjoy it? Oh, I do. Okay, yeah. I mean, I love a good schnitzel. Okay, with mashed potatoes. Um, it sounds really <laughs> German, but it's like it's pretty just general European. Um, but I also really like the Polish dumplings, pierogies. Mm, those yes. are. Yeah, I think we've talked about those before. Probably. Mm. <laughs> Weren't there blueberry? There were blueberry dumplings in one of these episodes. Was that with oh, you? I don't think so. Okay, but that was exist. somebody in this region. There was yeah, a, there was right. a blueberry dumpling happening. Yeah, I went home and made some. Yeah, oh my I remember gosh. this. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of food ends up at the at the folk festivals? Have you tried so, some of that stuff? Yeah, I went with one expat friend this past summer, and we decided there was like sausages and normal dumplings, and we were. <laughs> like no no let's go to the vietnamese stand okay and i don't even know what we had <laughs> but i wouldn't eat it again <laughs> there was well there was like one dumpling that was orange hmm. with and it was like bread it was like orange bread mm-hmm. with sesame seeds on it that was like generally okay but then the whatever it was that had cold meat inside i thought mm, better not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So you have really been immersed in the culture of the region, yeah. learned a lot about the people that you get to serve and really embracing the opportunities that you've been given. That's fantastic. How can mm-hmm. we stay informed about the Lord's work in the Eurasia region and what you're up to and teams that are coming to serve? Yeah. So if you visit lcms.org slash serve now, you can see all of the short-term opportunities that are for all the regions, not just Eurasia. So that is a good place to hit. For me personally, I have an Instagram checking in with Chels, but CZ on the check-in. Yeah. Yeah. Or sign up for my newsletter. Outstanding. Our guest today, Chelsea Irwin, serving the Lord in the Eurasia region. She serves as missionary coordinator for volunteer opportunities and based out of the Czech Republic. Chelsea, thank you so much for being our guest on The Coffee Hour. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.